Hello, everyone, and welcome to That's a Dumb Roll Podcast. I'm Ben. And I'm Greg. Greg, today we're doing something a little bit different. We compiled all of the numbers worn in sport professionally, and we are going to redraft the most recognizable players based on their number today. Okay. We got a big task ahead of us. Yeah. We're starting with double zero. And we're going to go to 25, and then the next episode of this is going to be 26 through 50, if I remember right. So we're going to try to break this up because there's a lot of great players. There's a lot of recognizable numbers. So I'm excited to redraft this with you. Um, We do have some rules just to start out because eventually we're going to turn this over to the listener. If you hear a number that you're like, that's not the right pick. I think (laughs) of somebody else. Go on our website, check out this list, and you can actually make your own redraft, and we would love to see them. Um, there's a ton of players, I will say, doing the research on this. There were a lot of guys that I had to grit my teeth and say, oh, they didn't make the cut. <laughs> yeah. I really wish I had more room to add them, um, but hopefully our listeners will do the same. But the main rules I wanted to highlight is we are each going to take turns selecting a player. I have a list with suggested players at the position, and then four or five different ones you can choose from. Um, we get to take turns, so I am going to give you the first pick. Okay. Um, The second rule is we select based on talent, impact, or recognition. Any of those three is a viable reason to select a player. Okay. So a lot of free-form conversation to be had. Um, I know my list is more based on recognition. When I think of a number, this is who I think of. Um, For a listener, again, go based on your list. You can do it on talent, impact to a game, or recognition. Um, Third rule is players are labeled based on their numbers they are affiliated with. So to give you an example, Michael Jordan famously wore number 23 and number 45. Um, He did wear 12 for a single game because somebody stole his jersey, I believe. Mm. So we aren't going to count number 12 because he's not affiliated with number 12. He wore it once, never wore it again, so he doesn't count for number 12. Understood. All right. Finally, And this is the most important rule we have. We were talking through it quite a bit, and who knows? We might break it. (laughs) If there is a tie in your mind of who should be or who should earn the number, Mm -hmm. tie goes to the most recognizable. So between talent, impact, and recognition, tie goes to most recognizable. So for example, and a little bit of a spoiler alert, um, we both agreed on this one as the example, number three has Babe Ruth, Allen Iverson, and Dwayne Wade. Right. It's basically all three of those guys are tremendous players. Dwayne Wade is probably the most talented and had the highest peak at any given moment winning a championship. Allen Iverson is probably the most recog- uh is probably the most impactful, I should say, for what he means to modern day NBA. And Babe Ruth, everyone knows who Babe Ruth is. He's mm-hmm. the most recognizable. So in that case, Ty goes to most recognizable. Babe Ruth gets number three. Got it. Okay. So those are our rules just for the moment. Again, we'd love to hear what you guys do with this redraft. We're doing this because we love sports. We love all kinds of sports, Mm -hmm. and we just wanted to revisit some of our favorite players. Great. Awesome. I should mention one thing before we get started. My One of my favorite sports is soccer, and it breaks my heart to say this, but I did not include many soccer players on this. Just because the way kits work, most of the best players are sharing the same numbers, and personally, I would just like to have a different conversation about the best soccer players to wear each number because sure. it's hard. Most of those guys are going to be between 1 to 22 is usually when you get a cutoff. And there's so many good players. 
I would just rather keep them separate because it would make this list very difficult mm, yes. and lopsided, especially in the early numbers. Absolutely. All right. So starting off with the first pick, however, the number is zero zero, infamously worn by very limited players, but it does appear in basketball, football. Greg, you have the first pick. Well, I when I think of double zero and not to be confused <laughs> with single zero, we, yes. are, we are treating those as separate numbers, but Double zero, I, I just picture when I used to watch the Celtics on TV with my dad, uh, the big chief, Robert Parrish. Yeah, um, Robert he, Parrish. I mean, he's, yeah, that's all I think of when I think of double zero. Um, obviously, like you stated earlier, many players have worn double zero. It's a, it's a great number to wear. Mm-hmm. Um, Jim Otto from the NFL, obviously a big, impa- impactful player, but I think you got to give it to, to Robert Parrish. I totally agree with my, that pick. That's my pick. <laughs> he, he is the chief. He is the yeah. man. Um, multiple time, uh, just world champion. Oh, thank you. Yeah, you're yep. pulling up your stats, but he's a Hall of Famer, nine-time All-Star, four-time NBA champ, two-time All-Star, and he was one of the top 75 players of all time voted in the past year. So yep. incredible player, incredible longevity, um, always wore double zero. I completely agree. He's the only guy I can think of. Uh that stands out to me as zero zero, the yeah. mo- one of the most recognizable <laughs> numbers in this entire draft. Yeah, for sure. So I love it. All right, moving on to the next pick is zero. Um, okay. I have this pick. Yes. So there have been actually quite a few zeros, but only two that I really had a debate between. One is Al Oliver from Major League Baseball, yep. and the other one was Russell Westbrook, who. Mm. I am going to pick at, okay. at zero um, simply because of his impact and what he means to basketball. I think he's one of the most talented and best athletes I've ever seen play basketball. Um, but overall, he's uh, most people would associate zero with Russell Westbrook. Yeah. He's won it at almost every team he's been to except the Wizards. Uh, and he's the triple-double king um, up there with the big O. So yeah. I think he's the most talented player. I think he's the most recognizable uh, and he's had a huge impact on the game. So he hits all three criteria for me to give him number zero. Now, I have a question about zero and double zero. Can a yeah. team have both? Zero no, and... I don't believe so. Okay. I don't just... actually because there is a rule. You can't have two zeros on the court together. Okay. Um, that being said, I'm, I wonder what would happen. I've never actually mm-hmm. – I've never read the rule. I know there is one, so I don't know the specific language of it. Okay. Okay. Definitely something we should look up later. Yeah, Yeah, I've always wondered about that. It's something to do with the refs, because when they signal for a number, right? But I, I I would assume like if you if it's zero, they just like hold up a fist. Right. If it's double zero, they hold up two. Two. Okay. So I don't I don't know I don't know exactly what the language would be on that rule to prevent you from having two zeros on the same team. Okay. All right. You have. Pick number one. Okay. You have the, the one. Number one. Jersey number one. So um, <laughs> obviously a lot of players have worn one. A um, couple that come to mind. Um, Warren Moon from the NFL. Definitely. I always think of him. Definitely. He played for the Vikings for a few seasons, and I always think of Warren Moon. Ozzy Smith. Um, yeah. I mean, the wizard, right? You can't can't not think of Ozzy Smith when you think of one. Billy Martin wore number one. Um, Pee Wee Reese. A lot I of forgot great about Pee Wee yeah. Reese. Yeah. Um, uh, who's the guy? Um, 
Cam Newton, sorry. Cam Newton, yeah, Cam yeah. Newton, MVP, one. that's a really good pick. Yeah, so I think I'm going to have to go with Warren Moon. Um, Warren Moon, yeah. I like it. You know, he didn't have a, a outstanding NFL career. He had a good one. Um, he played in the CFL for a while, but um, when I think of one, I think of Warren Moon. Um, All right. Yeah, quarterback. I had Oscar Robertson there, okay. so I like that we kind of changed it up and were able to give two different players some love. But, yeah, I think Warren Moon is the guy – um, and well, frankly, that's your memory of him. I think of Oscar Robertson, not only at one, but he also qualifies for 14. So who knows? He might oh, go later. There you go. Yeah. You never know. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Moving on to the next pick Derek? is number two. Okay. Who are you um, picking? You know, I, I love basketball and Moses Malone is on the board, but I, I'm going to have to pass him because of the, mm. I think Derek Jeter's the guy here. Yeah. I do. I um, Unfortunately for Moses, even though he was the A1 star on a championship team, Derek Jeter's just who I think of when I think of number two. He's a Hall of Famer. He won Rookie of the Year, 14-time four All-Star, five World Series, five Golden Gloves, five-time Silver Slugger, World Series MVP. I mean, the man's resume is not barren. No. The man's not for lack of trophies. I think Moses is the for the timing of when he appeared – for what he means to the game, he's a really special player. But Derek Jeter is a staple of baseball. He was the childhood baseball player for me that I looked up to, that I wanted to be. I played shortstop, um, so I really like him. I think he's number two. And frankly, I see his jersey everywhere. Yeah. Can't argue with that. I mean, he, he's one of those players where you think of the Yankees, you think of Derek Jeter. I'm sure it was the same thing back in the... 60s with Mickey Mantle and Joe DiMaggio before that and Babe Ruth it's just like he just he's he's the Yankees he's the Yankee um (laughs) I I would love to pick a different number two because I don't like the Yankees no go if you if you think of somebody that you're like yeah let's let's give this guy just a moment of time in the sun I am totally fine with that because I know I'll be doing that later you know we got a long haul of numbers so if you think of somebody go for it well I was trying to think of some NFL players that wore number two. Um, not a lot come to mind because it's a... It's usually a kicker's number. It's usually a kicker or sometimes a quarterback. Yeah. Um, Doug Flutie wore number two, but can I'm I, not going to put Doug can Flutie. Can I say one number and you're going to get really mad at me? Oh, what? Johnny Football. Menzel. Oh, Menzel. <laughs> I think <laughs> Menzel is like a staple in my mind of the guy yeah. who wore number two. He, well, and he, he doesn't... Yeah. Like the talent base is not here. Like he, yeah. he never made an NFL football... <laughs> Oh. But what he was to football That's for three true. good years That's there true. Yes. is is an interesting conversation to have for who's the best player in college football to wear number two. That's it's true. probably Manziel. Yeah. If Manziel, we did this just yeah. for college, Manziel's probably in there. He would probably be in there. But, you know, I just, I got I to gotta agree with you. Derek yeah. Jeter is just. Yeah, it's hard to give a Yankee some love, but you know yeah. what? Derek Jeter's a lovable guy. Yeah. Um. On top of that, I, oh, I had one more thought, but you know what? Why don't we just move on? Um, we're coming up to the number third pick or number three pick for number three, mm-hmm. and we did spoil it. So I think what we'll do is let's just talk through this one real quick because yeah. there's a lot of talent at number three that I think we should mention. Starting with the winner, who I spoiled, is Babe Ruth. He right. gets number three because everyone knows who Babe Ruth is. Um, he's immortalized in movies. I always think of the Sandlot mm-hmm. about the baseball signed by Babe Ruth. Yes. Um, infamously the best baseball player ever for years and years and years. Until who would you say came along? Is it Hank Aaron? 
Well, for the home runs, um, you know, Hank Aaron uh, surpassed Babe Ruth, um, and that made a lot of people unhappy, believe it or not. Really? Um, but yeah, but um, and of course, it's been since passed by Barry Bonds and some others yeah, too. But, yeah. Um, no, Babe Ruth, I mean, he's one of those players that, um, I don't want to say he was before his time. I think he was right at the right time, but he was a larger than life figure that, you know, you recognized him on the street. You, you just, you know, he was, he was just, he was baseball. He was it. He he was was it. it. Yeah. And he was such, you know, he was so big compared to a lot of the other players. Um, I mean, by today's standards, he yeah. would not be. But back then, he was just this big guy who could hit the ball a mile, and people loved to see that. So, yeah, um, yeah I just don't think he can, I mean, uh, like you mentioned before, a lot of good players have worn number three. Um, the killer, Hiram Killerbrew. Um, yeah, I put that one on there for yeah. you. Because <laughs> I, I had a hard time passing him. Yeah. Dwayne Wade, Allen Iverson, Diana Taurasi. Yeah. Even Chris Paul, I thought, should have a conversational piece because he's it's, one of the best point guards I've ever he, seen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and he, look at you're so quick with good <laughs> list. But Russell Wilson wore number yeah. three, Super Bowl winning quarterback. Yeah, there's just so many good number threes out there right now, and there's only going to be more because it's a really popular number to wear. Right. Um, it's surprising to me, I will say, that this is going to a baseball player because it's always been a basketball number, right? right? Um, yeah. I always think of this number as a basketball number. I always think of number two as a basketball player. Uh, but Harmon Killebrew, I mean, this it's just a loaded mm-hmm. list. So yeah. that's why I'm glad that we're kind of opening this up to some of the listeners to maybe take it on. Yeah. And by the way, did you know how baseball got numbers on jerseys? You told me this yeah. before, but why don't you re-say it? So it's really interesting. Right. So explain, um, I should say. Yeah. Re-say. Back back in the day, players never had numbers on their jerseys. Um, and finally, they ended up putting numbers on them. And the reason why Babe Ruth has number three is because he batted third in the lineup. Yeah. So the players would wear <laughs> the number of their ba- of the batting order. Wow. So they had players one through nine and Babe Ruth batted third. Um, so, yeah, just one of those weird things where. You wouldn't think that was it, but it's simpler than you thought, I guess. Wow. So, yeah, well, very weird. I'm not sure about other sports, but I know that's how numbers came to be in baseball. So Yeah, I we'll have to do a, a deep dive on numbers now that we're looking at the yeah. best players to ever wear a number. So sure. now that we've moved past number three, I'll default you to pick number four okay. since we skipped over that. Number four. Ooh, that's a tough one. I know. Um, it's a big a lot, list. A lot of good players. Lou Gehrig. Yeah. Um, Brett Favre, mm-hmm. Bobby Orr, Mel Ott. Um, yeah, I mean, Mel Ott. Yeah, all these players are just so. Paul Molitor. I mean, how can you not think of him with number four? It's but, hard. You know, you know, as much as I hate it, um, I'm gonna go Brett Favre. Um, really? Yeah. You You're know, surprising I me here. I like it. I I think uh, you know he was um, the nemesis of the Vikings for so many years because he played for the Packers, um, but. He did come over and play for the Vikings for a couple of years, but yeah. Uh, anyway, well. I think number four. I I just think of Brett Favre. It's a it's a just a number that I always think of him. Yeah, no, that's perfectly understandable to put him there at number four. I put Bobby Orr, um, just because of what he means to hockey in general, yes. and we are in the state of hockey. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I almost, right. almost go into the chant there right away, but he he was just an incredibly special player. You know, he's a Hall of Fame, two time Cup winner. Um, nine-time All-Star, ten-time Norris, two-time Ross, Smythe, I, I mean, three-time Hart. I mean, he's yeah. just an insanely talented player. 
and one of the pillars of hockey. So for me, I think of him at number four. Um, but I like that we're changing it up and yeah. we're getting a chance to see a bunch of different players' names called. Yeah. Yep. All right, moving to pick number five. Oh, boy. And again, You're this up. is not easy. This is not easy at all. <laughs> no. Um, Johnny Bench, oh. Hank Greenberg. I mean, Johnny Bench alone is, if you want to pull up his stats, I know you we were looking at him just a moment ago. Like, just the first guy alone is insane what yeah. he did. I mean, Johnny Bench, Hall of Fame, two-time MVP, rookie of the year, 14-time All-Star, two-time World Series, 10-time Golden Glove, and you know what? I'm not going to give it to him because oh, if we man. go back to the list, there's even more guys on this list. You know, uh, Brooks Robinson, George Brett, mm. Nicholas Lindstrom, Kevin Garnett wore this number for the Celtics. Right. And out of all of these great names, it's so tough to pick, but I went with Joe DiMaggio. Okay. I'm going to go Joe DiMaggio just because what he means to baseball Right. And again, I, I know we're kind of going, well, he's a Yankee, but what he means to baseball <laughs> right. is he was the baseball player. Yeah, Kids grew up, a whole generation grew up wanting to be Joe DiMaggio. And Hall of Fame, three-time MVP, 13-time All-Star, nine-time World Series, nine-time World Series. That's amazing. Two-time batting, uh, batting title. He, he's just amazing. Yeah. And what he means to baseball, what he means to the culture, I mean, I, I can't believe I'm bringing this up, but... Guy was involved with Marilyn Monroe. I mean, <laughs> yeah. this guy was one of our face. He was the face of athletics for years in the United States yep. um, in a time when boxing dominated the zeitgeist. So mm-hmm. I really think Joe DiMaggio, even though you might not think number five right away, um, the talent, the namesake, and the staying power of the history of what he means to baseball, he's the pick for me. Yep. I, I can't argue with that. Um, part of me wants to to go with Johnny Bench. Yeah, he's um, so good. Because he was he, uh, the big red machine. I mean, he was so good yeah. for the Reds. But, you know, I got to agree with you. I mean, George Brett, like, yeah. I think of him a lot, too, with number five. But I, I got to agree. I think Joe DiMaggio is just, he was just so, like, he was he was a celebrity, you know. Yeah. And not that these other players weren't, but um, in a time when, you know, the three major sports, the three sports, I should say, that dominated the landscape back then were baseball boxing and horse racing believe yeah. it or not and yeah. you know he was the face of baseball uh, much like a lebron would be today for basketball or you know in football maybe um you know patrick mahomes or something like that yeah. it was joe dimaggio for years um so yep gotta go with go gotta with go with joe on number five and before we part i know this is like a small snippet but just think about this he came after babe ruth took over Right. And people loved Babe Ruth. I know. And just through personality and talent, he took that torch and he kept going. Mm-hmm. And we kind of hold them in the same light. Like, people love Joe DiMaggio. He didn't, he wasn't the guy that came after Babe Ruth. He is Joe DiMaggio. Right. He's not the follow-up back. Yeah. He was something really special. And I think that means a lot in baseball, especially when you play for the Yankees. Oh, center fielder for the Yankees was like the coveted position of all sports. <laughs> I mean, you had Babe Ruth. Well, he didn't play center field, but you had Babe Ruth and you had Mickey Mantle, Joe DiMaggio. Yeah. I mean, these Insane. are not small shoes to fill. No, Mickey and, Mantle, I'm glad you brought him yeah. up too. Yeah, like he was <sighs> the face of baseball. Yeah. And to f- be a follow-up act of oh, those man. two guys, it's, it's just unreal yeah, that but, he makes, yeah. he still makes this list. Absolutely. 
All right, you're up with the number six pick. Number six, number six. So you know, a lot of good sixes out there. A lot there. of good sixes out there. Um, <laughs> the one thing I was thinking about for number six, and let me pull it up here. Yeah, of oh, course. There it is. Um, so I think of. Um, uh, don't tell me. Um, <laughs> this is so we have a long list, and Greg is like trying to navigate because <laughs> I've maybe overdone my homework, and right. so we have a bunch of different lists going up. So. Take your time with this because okay. I have on the list right now. We have Bill Russell, Julia Serving, um, mm. Alkaline. Uh, sorry, Alkaline. I'm like tilting my head. Thank you. Um, great names on here, but are you thinking of a quarterback right now? Yes. Um, oh shoot, I'm trying to think of good number sixes. Unfortunately, Baker Mayfield is dominating the news right now. That's who I keep thinking of, yeah. and I can't get off of that. So I'm going to leave that to the side. We'll come back to it. We'll yeah. come back to it. Um, but I would say number six, um, oh, Stan Musial, um, yeah. Bill Russell, you know, Dr. J, he was, he, when I grew up, it was, it was a lot of Dr. J in the seventies. Um, I'm yep. going with him. I mean, I think, All right. I, like I it. think he's, he transcended basketball in a lot of ways. I think you had mentioned that he was played for the ABA, right? Yeah. And then for he came over almost to the half NBA. of his career. Yeah. yeah. He played for the, the Virginia Squires. Right. And then played in the, he moved up to the Brooklyn Nets that were in the ABA at that time, dominated there. So wow. he actually has two ABA championships um, on his basketball reference page. I can read it through, too. He's a Hall of Famer, 16-time All-Star, one of the rare players that he was an All-Star every single year he played wow. in the NBA. Amazing. Um, 1983 NBA champ, of course, with Moses Malone. Yep. Um, two-time NBA champ, or ABA champ, excuse me, seven-time All-NBA, one of the best shooting guards, small forwards in the league. Um, five-time All-ABA, he was on the All-Rookie Team, four-time MVP, he was an All-Defensive Player one year, two-time All-Star MVP, and he made it to the ABA All-Time Team. He was also voted a top 75 player of all time. So So, was he kind of like Showtime before it became, you know, Magic and all those guys? You know, the way that I've heard him described is he was the Babe Ruth of basketball. He was the guy that popularized the dunk the way Babe Ruth popularized the home run. Okay. So people looked at him and were just amazed. And the thing that I appreciate about him too is he was the right superstar to take the seventies and the ABA merger and the mess that it was and the NBA as it was and turn it into the eighties where we had magic bird you know, Bernard King, right. we had... So he kind of Kareem set Abdul- the stage to... He was for well, the 80s. Exactly. Right? He was well-spoken. He was a, a humble superstar. He was very approachable. He was great with the media. He was a talented player. He played the game in a very unique style where it, it was imitated on the streets as well as on the court, which influenced a lot of basketball players to be great dunkers, right? And right. There's just, we could go on and on and on. He's like Michael Jordan, right? Because he is the ideal of MJ. Like, he inspired so many after him just by playing the way he did. Um, He he is an incredible player. I understand why you take him at six. I had Bill Russell there. Bill Russell, Hall of Famer, 12-time All-Star, 4-time rebounding champ, 11-time NBA champion, uh, most rings uh, by a player. He also is in the Hall of Fame twice as a player and a coach. 11-time All-NBA, 5-time MVP. He is an All-Star MVP as well, All-Defense, and 75 anniversary team. So another super impactful player. I think he is oftentimes kind of put aside because he was a center. He couldn't really shoot free throws. The game doesn't look 
the way it does today. Sure. But for me, again, coming from a basketball perspective, he's in my top 10. He probably will be for a very long time because 11 championships he coached as well. And he built, he beat Wilt Chamberlain. Like you think of Will Chamberlain as the most dominant player. So if you go back and watch, Bill Russell does give it to him. And like I was he's an insanely that, good player. Like was he kind of in Chamberlain's shadow in a way, or did they not play at the same time? I think the myth of Chamberlain is just better marketing okay. than what Bill Russell got. Okay. And I think all of these years, all these years later, Bill Russell is finally being more appreciative. I hear his name a lot, a lot more because he has yeah. a trophy named after him. It's the Bill. I think it's the Russell. Um, MVP for the finals, correct? Okay. I think um, so. and he's just like uh Julius Irving, Doctor J. He was the right superstar for that time. Mm-hmm. He was a black man on an infamously very white team. Mm-hmm. He coached that team. He was a player coach. He was well spoken. Um, he was right in the midst of civil rights, and he was very wow. eloquent about it. Yeah. Um, played with a very popular white superstar and Bob Cousy and many others as well and just kept going back to the finals kept wow. going kept going just the ultimate champion um and now I think all this time has passed Wilt unfortunately has passed away um and his legends have kind of they're still strong the 100 points in a game yeah. uh, amongst other things the changing of the lane but I think the 11 rings man has just it's incredible. And the will to win and the competitive fire and for him to still be around and telling those stories, uh, he's just a, he's a storybook hero. That's very I, I cool. really think he's incredible. And he's my number six. Dr. J was on my list. I almost gave it to him. I'm glad that you gave it to him because he needed to be mentioned. He's really, really important. He also qualified for 32, but there's a lot of good 32s as sure. well out there. Oh, yeah. Um, so let's move on to the next pick, number seven. I believe it's me. And it's you. Yeah, you're up. All right. Uh, so this one <laughs> this one is so hard. Again, again, it's really hard. So this is the one time I break a rule. I had David Beckham. I had Cristiano Ronaldo, two soccer players in there, just because of what they mean in the United States to soccer. Right. I had Tiny Archibald. Um, I had... Mickey Mantle is in this one. Oh, man. I mean, Mickey Mantle, Hall of Fame, three-time MVP, Triple Crown, uh, 20-time All-Star, if you can believe that. Wow. Seven World Series Golden Glove batting title, and then Major League Player of the Year. Wow. Uh, but I've got to go back to my list here on my computer. I am going to take a sidestep on this one. Because when I think of the number seven, I only think of one man, and it's John Elway. John Elway. The quarterback of quarterbacks. I yeah. think what he means to the game of football, it's it's hard to even like bring it all together. He's mm-hmm. a Hall of Famer, nine-time Pro Bowler, two-time Super Bowl champ. Um, he was the MVP of the Super Bowl. He was on the all-90s all team. Wow. Walter Payton Man of the Year. Even though Mickey Mantle has a deeper... Uh, case in terms of just awards and what he means to baseball I think John Elway just captured the imagination of people and he is the player that kids have aspired to when they think of quarterbacks when Brett Favre played he did a John Elway impression when Mahomes plays he does a John Elway impression (laughs) and I think that's the highest compliment you can give in sports is when you look back at a player and say I want to be just like that guy and Mickey Mantle was one of a kind 
John Elway, I see him every time I turn football on on Sunday because there's players that look just like him. No argument here. I think John Elway is is definitely the number seven. I mean, Mick Mantle, it's It's so hard. hard. It took me forever. I took like a good (laughs) 30-minute think on that one because it's hard to pass all of that all of those dish, all that dishware, right? <laughs> all of those trophies yeah. locked up in the case, and you're like, "Wow, I can't believe this guy is not going to get the number." But at the same time, I think culturally, yeah, Elway just means different. I I had an uncle that lived in Denver, or great uncle, he loves John Elway. Yeah. John Elway's been retired. He still wears the Elway number, or you know, I can imagine <laughs> yeah. him doing it like that. Number means something. That jersey is worn everywhere. Yep. He is still very much a part of football mm-hmm. um, as a general manager, as he is a player, so it's hard to pass him, at least sitting here as a football fan. Yeah, the first uh, in, the first um, hint that I got that Elway was bigger than just football is, and this I think this was right after he retired, maybe, maybe right before, right after he retired, but... I was, I think I was in Denver for something, and I saw like a bunch of car dealerships named like Elway, yeah, Chevrolet and stuff. And that's I'm like, right. Whoa, what's this? And I, it just never dawned on me that these athletes can also have other businesses. Yeah, he really did capitalize it on his brand. Oh, and totally. Almost yeah. as good a baseball player as was football. Yeah, like, insanely talented both ways. Could could have played either sport, I'm yeah. sure. Um, but yeah, John Elway, number seven. There are some other good sevens out there. I mean, we have um, Big Ben from Pittsburgh. Big Ben, of course. Um, I mean, that's... Quarterbacks galore. A lot of soccer players, too. Yeah. Um, Cristiano Ronaldo, I think, will probably be plugged into a lot of people's lists there. Yeah. Um, Just incredible stuff. I think... I mean, John Elway was was part of that infamous draft class of 83. Yeah. And, you know, there were so many good quarterbacks that came out of that, or so many good players. Hall of Famers. Yeah. But I think he, you know, he kind of is heads and tails, not heads and tails, but he's definitely the best to come out of that. Yeah. And he brought a couple of Super Bowls to Denver and just, yeah, I think yeah. he, I think he's number seven. And I, maybe I the only football player that I know of off the top of my head that's had like two different launches in his career where he had the first half in the 80s right. where he's good and then he dipped and he came back strong in the 90s and came retired. Back. Yes. Just awesome talent. Yep. Yeah, All right, absolutely. we'll carry it along because we could talk about some of these Ooh, guys forever, man. so it's hard. Yeah. All right, we've got number eight on the board, Greg. Who are you going to take? Oh, man. There's uh, so many good so guys. So many good ones. I mean, I could pick any of these, and and you wouldn't get an argument no. out of anyone. No. Um, I love I love Cal Ripken Jr. Mm-hmm. Um, i, I got to go with him. You could okay. easily, yeah. I mean, you could go with probably anybody else here. Yeah, we got just, Yogi Berra, Troy oh, yeah. Aikman, Steve Young, yeah, um, Joe Morgan, Willie Stargell, and of course, yeah, my personal pick <laughs> is Kobe. I love Kobe Bryant. Kobe yeah. Bean Bryant. He's my number eight. He qualifies for number twenty-four, so maybe he'll get taken later. Yeah. Um, but what's your reason for Cal Ripken Jr.? Cal Ripken, I mean, he he set a record, uh, the most consecutive games played in baseball. It will never be broken. I mean, okay. the, the guy, I mean, he was just an Iron Man. He 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 never got hurt. Um, he played literally every game for what fifteen, twenty years, whatever it was. Um, you'll never see that again. And I think anybody that plays a sport where they they make some accomplishment that you will. It would be so unlike to see that ever again. Is amazing. I think you just got to put Cal Ripken down as eight. But you're right, Yogi Berra, Troy Aikman, yeah, um, 
Yaz. I mean, any of those <laughs> players you could definitely consider for number eight. But for me, it's it's Cal Ripken Jr. Yeah, I I totally understand that. I'm gonna keep my Kobe pick. <laughs> I'm just gonna take him if I'm building my own team. Um, but yeah, Cal Ripken. The stats are incredible and definitely definitely worthy of number eight so let me ask you this yeah. did kobe where he wore eight and 24 he did i Why qualified did him for both i think it was just a turning point there was there's a long story i don't know if we should go down that okay. road because it could go a while okay. um but it really just was a turning point in the career Shaq had left he had gotten into some trouble um and oh, I think it was okay. just kind of this fresh start. Fresh start thing. Okay. But there's there's a little more to it, but I think we uh that would be another fun podcast to do sure. with you is maybe some of the famous stories of the NBA going eight to twenty four, because he's one of those rare players that actually changes his number but has both those numbers retired. Oh he has I didn't eight know that. and twenty four. I didn't yeah. know that. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. So anyway, number eight, a lot of great players. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and again, soccer, if we include soccer, that list would be three times as long. Wow. Okay. All right. Number nine. Number nine. You're up. So, again, hard time with number nine. This podcast is going to go longer than <laughs> I, I expected, but that's okay because we're enjoying it. Ted Williams is in here. Again, being a basketball guy, Bob Pettit is in here. I think Bob mm. Pettit is incredibly – he's easily forgotten, but he shouldn't be. He's an incredible player. He means a great deal to the NBA and how power forwards play. Rocket Richard, Bobby Hull, mm. Drew Brees – Roger Maris, um, but I, I am going to stay securely in the lane of hockey. Number nine to me is a hockey number. I'm going with Gordie Howe. Okay. I, I think even if you're not a hockey fan, you're probably going to recognize that name. He's still very much in the conversation today as one of the greatest players to ever play on ice. Um, for me, I never saw him play, but... I think the fact that I never saw a player play, yet I still know who they are, means a great deal right. when it comes to recognition, when it comes to meaning in the sport. Um, when your legacy is carried over that way, and to be, God, when was he playing? He played from 1946 yeah. to 1956 and into the 60s as well. I mean, this yeah. guy played forever, and he means a great deal to the generation that came not just before me, but also before you. Yeah. So I, I think that this is a really special player that deserves number nine. Yeah, he, he's one of those guys that you think about hockey and it's Gordie Howe and a few yeah. others. Um, yeah, another pillar of hockey. Total pillar, yeah. yeah. So I, I like that pick a lot. Um, number nine, you know, yeah. I think of Ted I'm Williams. Interested to, yeah, yeah, Ted Williams I thought you might like. <clears throat> Roger Bob, Maris. You yeah, know, Roger Maris. A lot of people, well, I don't know, a lot of people don't know this, but so he, he was a, on the Yankees. Um and he had one really good year. Um, and that year he broke Babe Ruth's home run record for number of home runs in a season. Um, Ruth had 60 for, well, for, I don't know, it's 40 like years. 40 something. something. Yeah. yeah, it's like 40, 42. And Maris was just having a great year. And I remember, uh, I don't remember it because it was before my time, but I remember reading about it. And he did not have a good time with it. He was... Wow. Um, he got a lot of death threats. I mean, it was really, really yeah. You, you'd think people would get behind him, but he was like, you know, he was visibly sick. He just couldn't, wow. yeah, he just couldn't handle the pressure. Of course, reporters are constantly in his face yeah. asking him about the record and things like that. And, yeah, and it's just a different time, too. Yeah. 
At different time, yeah. And I will say that, you know, he, when he did break the home run record, he did it, I believe it was either the second to the last or the last game of the season. Um, but you have to think to yourself, well, wait a minute. Was that because they played more games than Babe Ruth played mm-hmm. in that season? So there's that whole thing. I won't get into it now, but I've always kind of wondered about that. But, yeah, Roger Maris, um, number nine, great number, uh, great player, I should say. But you know what? Um, I like the Gordy Howe pick. I'm gonna I'm gonna yeah. agree with you on that one because yeah, he does. I'm glad you highlighted. Yeah, <laughs> Maris, because I forget about that story too. Yeah. That's an insane story in, in yeah. baseball. But yeah, Gordy Howe number number nine. And people look up Bob Pettit. Do your homework. Oh yeah, he's worth the look. He's amazing. <laughs> oh, I guess I get to read it. Hall of Fame, eleven time All Star, two time scoring champ at the power forward spot, rebounding champ in fifty five to fifty six, NBA champ in fifty eight. 11-time All-NBA, one of the best power forwards in the league 11 years in a row, uh, or 11 years out of his career. Um, He was the Rookie of the Year, four-time All-Star MVP, two-time MVP, and he is nominated as a top player, top 75 player of all time. Hmm. Um, Wow. Cannot say enough about him. Pioneer for basketball. All right. Next pick is infamous number 10. Number 10. You've got it, man. I have a lot of good options here yeah um, i did load this one up yeah. with a lot of soccer guys so i figured <laughs> i figured i'd confuse you a bit but yeah. there's some good players in here there are some good players um you know fran tarkington number yeah. 10 um he definitely comes to mind when i think of 10 definitely um i, I think there's a lot of good players i'm actually gonna pull up here um where did i see yeah, yeah we, we need go. our backup list yeah so um <laughs> There, there's you know Eli Manning, Eli Manning 10, definitely Hall of Famer or soon to be Hall of Famer. So I you know I think I'm probably going to go with Fran. I'm going to go with Fran Tarkenton. Um, Chipper Jones wore number ten. That would be a good one yeah, too. But yeah, but Fran Tarkenton he was um, he was one of the very first quarterbacks to really um, be mobile. Um, yeah, pioneer, you know, definitely a pioneer. Pioneer and, and taking the ball, running with it, that kind of stuff. You see that a lot now, of course, with a lot of the quarterbacks. But but he was kind of the first one to not be a true just drop back, pass the ball uh, player. So I'm going with Fran. I really like that pick. I Because of soccer, this was my one slip up. I did put Lionel Messi there. Yeah, that's great. Um, but soccer, I mean, there's so many good players. Pele. Diego Maradona, Lionel Messi, there's so many good 10s out there. Mm-hmm. And that shirt is usually given to one of your best players. Your number 10 shirt so goes I was, to one of the top players. You mentioned that earlier. Yeah. So explain that a little bit in yeah. soccer where you, you change numbers throughout your career. Is that yeah. Right? yeah, so and it, it's similar to, um, well, I guess that's that's different. But how I can best describe it is like Lionel Messi. So Barcelona, the team that picked him up, grabbed him from Argentina and put him in a soccer school right next to the stadium. So he grew up wow. in Barcelona playing for Barcelona. Okay. And they have a grade school, elementary school, all the way up. Wow. And so when you make it to the top team, you usually start with a low number. So he was number 30 originally. And then when he made the starting lineup and he was getting better, like his second, third year, they gave him number 19 because that's a winger number. That's an outside oh, guy. Okay. Um, not always, but it's it's – the better you are as a player, usually the lower your number is. Okay. Um, so he wore 19, and then when he became the guy, he got the number 10 shirt. And the number 10 shirt is a shirt of reverence. That's usually you are the best player 
or you're the best playmaker on the team. Okay. Um, the similar fact is with if you're a really good striker, the striker position is the number nine position. They okay. number them sometimes. I so never knew that. <laughs> the number nine position usually gets number nine. Um, number 10 is usually an attacking midfielder. Your one is usually your goalie. So one okay. is one. And then yeah. two left wing. Center backs is three, four, five is your right wing, and then your center mids are usually six, eight, um, and then you've got ten in the middle, center attacking oh. midfielder, um, strikers number nine, and then you usually have eleven, or eleven's a popular number on the outside, but usually those are like your sevens. Your sevens are usually outside wingers. Um, okay. So yeah, every number is kind of related to a position it's not locked in that way okay uh but certainly numbers have a great deal of meaning so that's why it's so hard to give a number to a certain player i gave it to messi because he transcends soccer really we knew who he was before the u.s really took to soccer with the mls like i knew of him in 2011 when i was in middle school okay um but i mean pele or number 10 he played in new york for the new york cosmos we Mm -hmm. never would have known he played in the united states as a soccer player um, Diego Maradona unfortunately passed away not too long ago. Very recognizable, meant a great deal to soccer. Um, also wore number ten again, creative playmaker. Wore that number ten, attacking midfielder. So it, they stack on top of each other because their number oftentimes represents their traits. Number eight, I think of like Chave, Iniesta, Tony Cruz, just incredible okay. players. Um, another wow. number ten is Zinedine Zidane, Zizou. So. I could go on forever with just phenomenal players hmm. to wear the same exact number because they do incredible things that that position should be okay. doing. Okay, so ten means a lot more in soccer than yeah. just a number. Okay. Yeah, 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 it's 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 a symbol. Too. I never knew that. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's it's cool. That's why your best players are usually wearing the same couple numbers. Got it. Okay. Cool. All right. So that was a long trip off the road with number ten. So let's <laughs> get right. back on the highway with number eleven. Yeah, number um, eleven, you're up. Okay, number 11, I will say this was one of the numbers I wore in uh, hmm. in my history. Okay. 7, 11, and 13 were my numbers. What numbers were you? Well, Keep when it. I played football, I was 44 and okay, 42. Okay, we'll get there. Yeah. 44 and 42. Yep, mostly. And then baseball, I can't, don't remember. I think 12. Okay, yeah. good number. So, yeah. Um, 11, so good players all over the board here. I have Elvin Hayes. I have mm. Yao Ming in terms of what he means. I mean, China doesn't get on the basketball train nearly as quickly without Yao Ming. Right. Um, I had Mark Messier. Yeah. Really hard to leave him <laughs> off this yeah. list. Messier. I did yeah. add a couple late guys here. Um, I added Clay Thompson. Okay. Just because watching these finals, I think what he meant not right now but what he means as a shooter he's it's steph is number one in all-time threes he's number two okay and he to me is the purest shooter i've ever seen i've never seen a guy that literally any team in the nba would want him immediately and it's clay thompson larry fitzgerald i think longevity matters i think what he means to wide receivers matter um and then phil sims he won super bowls with new york sure um he is still very much in the conversation uh one of my favorite podcasts has this term Barkley or Hondoed where um, Charles Barkley never faded from the light. Like right. he's very much still in the light. Yep. And then you have, um, sorry, I got like some in my throat there. You have John Havlicek who was famously called Hondo. Mm-hmm. He just disappeared. He right. never resurfaced. He retired and he disappeared. Um, Phil Sims 
is definitely Barkley. Like, yeah. I still think about him all the time, even though I never really thought about him playing for the Giants. He's more right. famous to me after his career than while he played. I think that matters. But for me, there's only one number 11. It's Zeke. It's Isaiah <laughs> Thomas, bad boys captain. Yeah. Um, I mean, Hall of Famer, 12-time All-Star. He was an assist champ, two-time NBA champ with the Detroit Bad Boys. Um, five-time All-NBA, one of the best point guards in the era of Magic Johnson. Um, I mean, some of these are just insane. He's also a top 75 player of all time and finals MVP. I just, if Magic's the first pick off the board, I'm not wasting a breath. I'm taking Isaiah number two. Like he is, he was incredible. And I think if he played today, he'd be even better. Really? Yeah. Cause there's just things I see when I watch the game tape back then that he was limited by the strategy of you play and score through the post. Okay. And you are to your job is to set up your the players around you. Joe Dumars, John Sally, Rick Mahorn, you know, Bill Lambeer. He was very he was the point guard, right? He is right. the extension of the coach. And I think if he got a chance to play the way you see a Damian Lillard or you see some of these crazy point guards that can not only pass but also shoot very well right i think we'd be talking about him in an entirely different fashion and i think he's oftentimes left in magic johnson's shadow and what's what and you you brought that up i'm glad you did because he played during a time when it was about being inside yeah big guys inside drive to the basket don't shoot threes yeah now you're right i think now he would actually have a much uh, not that he didn't have a good career but probably an even much better career now because um he was that point guard that could just really you know, just run the whole show. Right? Yeah, and he didn't take many threes in his career, but I, I, I think if you raise him in this culture of have a balanced game inside, outside, shoot threes, space the court, he was so fast and right. he was so smart and he knew what the play should be and he knew where the ball should go even when things were breaking down. I think he would have eaten the Leo alive in modern day just because of those natural traits he had. And then on top of that, Physically, he was a tough, yeah. tough guy. I just really admire him as a point guard, um, and I, I think he deserves number 11. It's okay. tough for me to think of anybody else, and that jersey is everywhere. Yeah, yep, Isaiah Thomas. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, all right, we're moving on to number 12. Oh, boy, number You get 12. your number back, but I wonder yeah. who you'll take. Wow. There's 12. a lot. I, I broke your brain on this one. Oh, my gosh. There's so many good Many players. people are going to scream one name, but I think you should take the one that you feel okay. is the best well, at number 12. Yeah. I'm Okay. Or the, the <laughs> one you think of, I should say. I don't want to, like, skew yeah. the lines here. Well, I'll tell you what. I am not only a Vikings fan, but I'm also a Steelers fan. And Oh. And, yeah. When I think of 12, I got to go with Terry Bradshaw. Really? I okay. remember. Yeah. My, some of my fondest childhood memories are watching the Steelers win the Super Bowl okay, four times in the back. 70s. <laughs> you won me back um, with the fond memories. Yeah. All right. So, he, no, Terry Bradshaw, um, he was, uh, you know, he didn't, he, he, he had a great career with the Steelers. That's all I got to say. Yeah. Um, you know, four Super Bowls in, what, six years, I think they did. So it's, it's he definitely uh, put Pittsburgh on the map when it comes to football. And really, they've never left the map. They are Year in and year out, they're a competitive team. Um, it's great. I love it. Yeah. So. Well, I gave this one to Tom Brady. I felt like this was one I just had to I had to give over to him just because of longevity, what he means to the game. But um, 
I understand. <laughs> I think that's fair to give it to somebody that you remember. Like for me, yeah. I almost threw Joe Maurer in at number seven on this yeah. list, on mine at least, because right. when I played baseball, I wanted to be a catcher because Joe Maurer was a catcher. Joe Maurer, yes. And I think those players stay with you. And Clay Thompson, I grew up watching Clay Thompson, and I wanted to shoot like Clay Thompson because Curry seemed like you couldn't even approach that well, like being that good. Yeah. But Clay Thompson felt like. Every time you saw him knock down a jumper, you're like, oh, I want to go in the front yard. <laughs> so I understand that draw to like take those players that you're so familiar with. Terry Bradshaw, I understand. Joe Namath is on this list. Yep. John Stockton is on this list, a, a person I really liked. Yep. Jim Kelly is amazing. Yep. Ken Stabler, yep. Roger Nick. Stahlback. Yep. I mean, there's so many good players I, yep. I understand, and I had to cut people from this list. But for me, Tom Brady, you, Terry Bradshaw, I like that both of those All names right. are brought up. All right, moving on to number 13. Ooh, wow, 13. So All right. you are up. Yeah, and <laughs> I'm glad that you, yeah, I so I have a mock draft and the player that I took originally. You know what? I'm going off script. Okay. You don't know who I'm taking. All right. Um with the 13th pick, there's Wilt Chamberlain is out there, Alex Rodriguez is out there, Steve Nash is out there. I love Steve Nash. James Harden, I think is just when his, he was in his prime, he was incredible. Yeah. Um I originally picked Will Chamberlain because what he means to the NBA and the legend and everything to do with him. And I put in quotations, sad face next to his <laughs> next to him. Cause Greg knows I kind of just <laughs> the history of Will Chamberlain is very complicated and it's yeah. a really interesting thing to dive into. Uh, but I, I feel like I would take Russell over Wilt and a part of me just, I have a hard time rooting for Will Chamberlain because he quit on a couple of teams and okay. just really wasn't the greatest team player. Even though he was a phenomenal player, he deserves to be in top 25 of all time. Right. I don't admire guys that never got their way, and when things went wrong, they never took the responsibility, right. um, which unfortunately there's a lot of that in books. So I'm going to give some love to a guy that I loved growing up, even though I never saw him play in just on TV. I had tape of him was Dan Marino. Oh, Dan. Okay. I, I'm going to give it to Dan. I'm going to do an audible here real quick. Uh, he was a Hall of Famer, of course, nine-time Pro Bowl, three-time All-Pro, 84 uh, MVP of – which one is that? Sorry, I'm like squinting at the screen. 1984. Um, a lot of MVPs. Yeah. A lot of MVPs. <laughs> but uh, play, Offensive Player of the Year, Walter Payton Man of the Year. The only one he doesn't have on there that he really probably should yes, is a Super Bowl. Super Bowl, yes. But the reason I'm going to take him is because going back to the idea of Elway, I wanted to be Dan Marino. Like when you went out in the front yard, yep. like he was the quarterback guys wanted to be. Yep. And he's the guy that threw the ball harder than anybody else. He could make throws nobody could. And he's the football player that football players love. Yep. And I just... I think that's really important when you think of players in history. How do their peers react? How does the media react? How do you react? And everyone has positive thoughts on Dan Marino, even though he never made it to the mountaintop. He almost did. He almost did, yes. But I I just think that that's one of those guys that history will think of um, in a really positive light for all the different reasons. Yep, and I, I... I'm going to agree with you. I think 13 goes to Marino. Um, I get the argument for Chamberlain. Yeah. A-Rod's in there too. Yeah. Um, Steve Steve Nash, James Harden. But I think with Marino, and I did see him play. Um, He came out of college, and again, he's part of that 83 draft. 
God, um, yeah. He was on a tough pit team, too. Yes. And I remember um, for pretty much his whole career, the main, the one thing that the announcers would always say about him is how hard he would throw the ball. Mm-hmm. He would throw, he would just throw these bullets. And that really kind of, I mean, you would never, you never saw anything like that back then. Um, so he had just an arm that wouldn't quit. And I remember, the, I think either his first or second year, he went to the Super Bowl. They lost to, I believe, Washington. But I was thinking at the time, he's a young guy. He'll be back. Yeah. No problem. Yeah. Never went back to the Super Bowl after all those years. And I thought, oh, what a shame. Because... He made some great movies with Jim Carrey. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, he did. But, um, yeah, Dan Marino, number 13. Can't go wrong with that. Yeah. Will Chamberlain, I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry God bless Will, you. You're, you're a great player. But uh, I'm just going to, just for fun, I'm going to take Dan Marino because I, I love Dan Marino. All right. All right, number fourteen. This number is 14? there's a lot of good players oh. here, but how are you doing? Yeah, with this I, I I like this list. Um, some really good players, obviously Bob Cousy, Pete Rose, yeah, um, Ernie Banks, yeah, um, that's Mr. Cub. That's a great pick. Um, but you know, I'm gonna go with uh, Charlie Hustle, Pete Rose. Um, oh, I, I, okay. You know, I'm old enough to know when he played. I watched him play. The guy. I like was, that pick, though. I get um, it. I love his his nickname, um, Charlie Hustle. He was that. I mean, he's the guy. He, if, I mean, he's famous for stretching a single into a double. He always did that. It was so exciting. Um, he was just one of those players that was just fun to watch. Um, yeah. And uh, this is why I'm glad you're here to like, yeah, just throw some light because I had it on my list. I gave it to Bob Cousy. I gave the basketball player, um, and the Celtic the go, mm-hmm. but I was tied because Pete okay. Rose. I felt like, unfortunately, is remembered in a negative light compared to Bob Cousy is more beloved, right. even though he isn't considered as great of a player by today's standards because Cousy, Hall of Fame, 13-time All-Star, 8-time assist champ, 6-time NBA champ, 12 All-NBA, uh, All-Star MVP twice, MVP in the 56-57 to 57 season, and a top 75 player of all time. Wow. First guy... I think in relative basketball history that thought this is an entertainment thing. I'm going to entertain the fans. Right. Um, but was not, he's not fun to watch now. It's hard to watch now, yeah. but Pete Rose, I wanted to give it to him as well for all the reasons you say, I think he's a great player. I just think he's, he's remembered for the wrong reasons. Yeah. So I'm glad that you can get this opportunity to kind of clear it up. And I like that pick there. I'm, I have no, I have no reason to argue. The only other guy that I would say, um, at 14 that I would have also picked is Oscar Robertson. Hmm. Um, he was my number one, uh, but I think Oscar Robertson, the big O, played yep. for Cincinnati under number 14 as well. Okay. So great number. Not seen a lot today. No, you uh, really don't. But great players have worn yeah. that number. Absolutely. All right, 15. 15. <laughs> so there's some good ones here. Thurman Munson. We got Carmelo Anthony, Hal Greer, Earl the Pearl Monroe. I mean, Pearl yeah. was... A, an image of basketball <laughs> for years, yeah. years. Um, but I grew up, I know Greg detests this. I grew up in Wisconsin <laughs> and there's only, there's only there's three only... people we worship. It's Aaron Rodgers, Brett Favre and Bart Starr. <laughs> Bart Starr, number 15. He's the only 15 I know really that, yeah. uh, that carries the weight truly like of a great player. Mm. And one of these guys that kind of disappeared, he never really resurfaced for a while right. there um hall of fame four-time pro bowl one-time all pro two-time super bowl champion five-time nfl champion so he won right. titles even before, before the, super the super bowl. bowl yep um 
offensive player MVP. I mean, MVPs everywhere, all yeah. over the ball because he was in, in between the merger, two-time Super Bowl MVP, Hall of Fame, all 60s player. Wow. And just to, to cap it all off, he was he was born on my birthday, so I like that too. <laughs> hey, that's hey there we go. <laughs> but Bart Starr, I yeah. never saw him. You know, my parents really don't remember seeing him. My grandpa, you know, I love talking to my grandpa about Bart Starr, and he barely remembers things right. with Bart Starr. But the thing is, there's always one thread of truth. He was a great quarterback, yes, and he meant a great deal to football. He meant a great deal when the NFL started. He was a star player named Bart Starr. Um, I, I mm-hmm. think that he's just a great legend to have, and he is a pillar of one of the great franchises in fo- in all of sports, which is the Packers. Um, yep. There probably is no Packer legacy without Bart Starr. I agree, and I'm going to also go with that. Um, I I like some of the other names on the list, of course, but you got to give it to Starr. Um, he he was you know the face of the Packers for many years. They won the first two Super Bowls. They won NFL titles before the Super Bowl started. Yeah. Um, so you're right. I mean, it's just he's just yeah. Fifteen Bart Starr. You can't go wrong. Okay. So. Nice. Cool. All right, number 16. Now, this one, I'm up on this one. So this I, one, you know, I don't know. I, I, so the further <laughs> in we go, the more I would, like, put names together that I know would hurt you because I put, like, <laughs> NFL next to NFL. So you'd have to be like, oh, who's the better player? And right. then I'll put MLB next to MLB just to, like, really mess with you. <laughs> but I highlighted three players, but I'd be interested to see what you think of this list. Well, I like the list. Um, any of them could could be selected as the best player to wear number 16. Um, I do like Len Dawson um, from the NFL. Um, He was, he was before my time, um, but great uh, player regardless. Yeah. I I guess he did play in the seventies too, but um, great player. Yeah. I mean, he played for the chiefs for many years and was just, you know, such a good player. Yeah. Um, Whitey Ford uh, baseball. I mean, one of the, one of the, just notable guys that you always think of baseball, Whitey Ford, they go together, uh, Brett Hall. But you know what? And as much as this pains me, um, I'm going to have to go with Joe Montana. I like Joe Montana, but I just didn't like the 49ers. <laughs> I still don't. Um, just because I'm a Vikings fan. That's you know, why. I get it. <laughs> Joe Montana, great player. Yeah. Hall of Fame, eight-time Pro Bowl, three-time All-Pro, four-time Super Bowl champ. Uh also known as one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. He was in the discussion there for a while because of the rings. Yes. I think now time has kind of given it to Elway and different players just on right. talent. But uh, offensive player MVP twice, um, three-time Super Bowl MVP, Hall of Fame, all-80s team, again, in the Elway era. Um, he owned it. Yeah, He was the 16, and I think a lot of people grew up wanting to be like Joe Montana. Um, however, I think time has kind of pushed him to the second banana on that team and given the primary star role to Jerry Rice. So I, I would agree with that. Yeah. I, I think uh, whether it's fortunate or unfortunate, I think he's quiet enough and respectful enough that we still remember him. But I think in a league that's dominated by offense today, Jerry Rice is the hero prior to all of the stats that we now look at as just insane. Right. Um, so he kind of, unfortunately gets overshadowed by his one of the best teammates he's ever had. Mm-hmm. Um, but still, I'm glad that we get to mention him on this list. Yeah, and you always have to ask yourself, 
did Joe Montana, was he great because of Jerry Rice? or was, Yeah, the Stockton Malone theory. Yeah, the Stockton Malone. So I would say, you know, Joe Montana was a great quarterback. Whether Rice was there or not, yeah. certainly helped that he had Rice. I mean, when he played for the Chiefs, he looked fine. He, yeah. wasn't, he wasn't still, like, health-wise. But, right. I mean, decision-making, I just feel like yeah. his value just as a name carried your team quite a bit and I think he really means a great deal to the for- to the sport alone. I mean, he was the all-time most winning quarterback until Brady. Yeah, so he really held right. that torch for a long time. He did. I mean, he broke a lot yeah. of records in a time when there was quarterbacks galore. I mean, I there were some crazy quarterbacks back then and yeah. he was the guy. Yep. And to be talking about him as second banana on this is kind of amazing. Yep. Yep, for sure. No. All I'm, right. I'm with Joe. How about you? I, I agree with you. I, okay. I, I like I like Joe Montana. I liked Len Dawson, but I'm taking Joe Montana. All right. All right, next one. 17. Ooh, 17. You know, you don't see a lot of 17s. Not anymore. So I threw no. a couple fun ones on there. Okay. Um, I, I think if, well, I don't know. I might have said this on some podcasts, maybe not yet, but one of my favorite players was number 17. Um, well, Dizzy Dean is on this list. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hall of Fame MVP, four-time All-Star. He was a World Series champ in 34. Yep. Really great career there. Um, on top of that, we have Doug Williams in the NFL. Yeah. I threw Jeremy Lin on here. Okay. I think Lin Sanity really does matter yeah. when it comes to just impact on the game of basketball, what he means to the sport worldwide, even though you know he went to Stanford. Right. Um, he's from <laughs> California. Right. But I went with Hondo. I went with John Havlicek. Okay. John Havlicek is a name that every basketball player Basketball fans should know he's a Hall of Famer, 13-time All-Star, eight-time NBA champ. Eight times he won it. Wow. 11-time All-NBA. He was on the All-Rookie team when he came out. Eight-time All-Defensive player. He hustled. Wow. Um, eight Love time that. He was a Finals MVP in 74 and ranked a top 75 player of all time in man. this past year. He is the sixth man to me. He okay. will always be the guy that whether you started him, whether you had him come off the bench, he did his role, he did it well, he is the embodiment of the good teammate. I wish there was an award with his name on it because I think he matters that much to basketball. And he's quietly, again, Barkley or Hondo, he disappeared, he went back to his life, lived out his days. Unfortunately, we just lost him not too long ago. Um, I'm trying to remember which year it was. We lost him right before COVID. So he died on April 25th, 2019. And it was very sad to lose him because he is a Boston legend. Yeah. And just nothing but good stories about Hondo. He is 17. He will always be 17 to me. Can't argue with that. Um, you know, Doug Williams, Jeremy Lin, obviously good players, but, you know, John Havlicek. Uh, if you go, if you ask anyone in Boston who's the best player to wear number 17, oh, without doubt. <laughs> without yeah, a doubt. Without a doubt. So, all right. All right. Well, that one actually Ooh. might have been the easiest one out of all the, <laughs> I think it is, <laughs> all the yeah. ones we've done. But you get number oh, 18. This, this, You know what? This isn't that hard. Um, good. Oh, okay. Yeah. I like, yeah, because there's some names I threw on here that... Well, there are some good there's names. There's some names. Yeah. They're good, but they're not who I think you're going to take. Yeah, so obviously Peyton Manning yeah. wore number 18 for both the Colts and the Broncos. Yeah. Peyton Manning. I mean, you just hear about him. The prodigy. Prodigy. Yeah, he had such a great career. Oh um, my lord! Look at this stat sheet too. It, I can't even. <laughs> I mean, there's too many awards to yeah. list here. It's just crazy. But um, maybe great player. One, yeah. Well, maybe one of the smartest players ever to, to yeah. be in the game. He he really. Um, I don't want to say he um, changed the way the quarterback 
play was, but he was so good at audibling and noticing what defenses are doing and um, just such a, a smart player. And, you know, he wasn't, he wasn't, he didn't run a lot. Of, I mean, he barely ran at all because he yeah. wasn't very fast. No, But no. he was so good that he could just, you know, hit the right player at the right time and his arm was just ridiculous. Yeah. And, it was lightning. Yeah. So Peyton Manning, number 18, um, you know, you just can't, can't argue yeah. with that. You got to go. If, if you're listening, go to the football reference page and check out Peyton Manning and just look at all of the awards he has. It's, it's I'm glad I don't want to, I don't want to read that actually. <laughs> we're moving on. Okay. All right. We're going to number 19 right. because you know what we've, we've went, oh. I mean, we're trying to make it to 25 and oh, we're, <laughs> we're having a tough time because there's some great names out here, yep. but number 19 Number 19, you don't see a lot of. I almost no. thought to to look at Messi. Um, Luka Modric was one that I really liked. He's a phenomenal midfielder um, that now wears number 10 for Real Madrid. So another example of a guy that bumped up. But yeah. I will always remember him as that talented number 19. Um, Tony Gwynn is in here. Oh, Tony Gwynn. Tony Gwynn, I almost, yeah. like, I really looked hard at him. Yeah. Um, we took Willis Reed out to dinner, talked to him for a little while. Yeah. Uh, Steve Zerman, uh, Lance Allsworth, Bob Feller. Uh, I mean, yeah. great names. Robin. I'm, Robin yeah, Yount. Yeah, yes. Robin Yount. But uh, I'm going to go with another case of I knew this name before I really understood football. He will always be a name I will forever know. Johnny Unitas. Johnny U, yes. Johnny U, Hall of Fame, 10-time Pro Bowl, 5-time All-Pro, Super Bowl champ, 3-time NFL champ prior, or I'm sorry, post. Yep. 3-time um, Offensive Player, MVP. MVPs all over the board again. Uh, All-60s team, Walter Payton Man of the Year. I mean, just more, more, more awards right. everywhere you go. Uh, and he is a staple. It's hard not to think of number 19 or that weird wind-up he had when you threw the ball because we didn't yes. really had a set motion. Right. He kind of was an unofficial originator of the quarterback motion, wasn't he? Because of really how is. wide he is. Yeah. Or wide he threw it, I should say. Yeah, because back you know back in the early days of football, they hardly ever threw the ball. Yeah. In fact, it wasn't really legalized until they started playing the game for a number of years. So he really kind of brought the forward pass into um, popularity, I guess. Wow. That's a good way to put it. But Inspired a huge generation oh, yeah. of players. Uh, just one of, like the forefathers of football. Yeah. So love Johnny U. Um, great names on there. Sorry, Tony Gwynn. I really like you too. <laughs> yeah. I, I knew that name for a while. Willis Reed, one mm-hmm. of the toughest players ever to play basketball. Cha- the captain yeah. of the Knicks. Um, but I think we'll leave it with Johnny U. I agree. I'm going with that as well. It's just a lot of these other, I mean, Tony Gwynn, you mentioned him. Yeah. Young, Luca. Steve Iserman from mm-hmm. hockey. I mean, yeah. great Iserman players, is... but but we're going with Johnny Unitas. So. All right. Well, I'll give you twenty. Okay. And uh, I, I won't, I won't gush about Johnny U anymore. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so number twenty. Um, most of these players I do remember watching. Um, twenty quietly an unused number. Yeah. Not used a lot. Not, you don't see it much now, but you know back then Mike Schmidt from. Um, from the Phillies, a great yeah. third baseman. Yes. Lou Brock, of course. Lou Brock, um, great. Frank Robinson. I mean, my gosh. Ed Reed. Ed Reed was the big name yeah. for me, yeah. Rob um, Niedermeyer. Jeff, Josh Gibson, um, great pitcher. Um, but you know what? I am going to go with Barry Sanders. Love and, it. Yeah, Barry I, Sanders was um, a... <sighs> 
you can't you can't put into words how good he was. He had a short career. Uh, yeah, he actually retired after the '98 season. Yeah, he only played ten years. Ten years, but man, he was and you know, poor Barry. He was on such bad teams with the Lions for so many years. But despite that, he was so good. Um, his ability to start and stop and change directions, like you you will never see that again. He was so good at that. Yeah. Um, if you just watch the tape. I it's know. amazing that his body just isn't broken, but he's still like to this day he looks great. He, he walks would. fine. Yep. Like, he's yep. incredible. Yep. Um, Hall of Famer, ten-time Pro Bowl, six-time All-Pro. Hmm. He was the '97 MVP. Uh, again, oodles and oodles of awards that just don't make up to what he meant on the field. Carried the Lions to a playoff year. He um, did. And. One of the stories, and this is just me throwing something out there, but there's some great documentaries about what would have happened if Barry just kept playing because right. he and Emmett Smith were in a race yes. for the all-time leading rushing title. I remember that. And people truly do believe Barry should be the king of it and probably should have surpassed it by quite a amount. I don't know about that. I wasn't there at the time. I don't understand the momentum of it. Uh, but Emmett Smith's the all-time rushing king. And then Barry, I think Barry will always be one of the most famous, the guy that you just wish stayed 10 more. I know. And unfortunately, you know, this isn't the only time it's happened to the Lions. With Megatron, it happened as well, Calvin Johnson. Yep. And now Barry Sanders, it's it's sad, but at the same time, I don't, I've never heard anybody say, God, I hate Barry Sanders. <laughs> right. No yeah. one has ever said that. Not a, not a lion, not a bear, not a Packer, not a Viking. Right. I think there was great, deep, great admiration and deep love for who he is yeah. and what he stood for as a competitor and as a football player. Absolutely. Just a great guy all around. Yeah. Um, he, he retired, you know, too early in a way, but yeah. And, and I always, and not that you could ever tell, but if you, Put Barry Sanders on the Cowboys and put Emmett Smith on the Lions. What it's would different. Their, what yeah. would their careers look like? Yeah, because... it's like KG and Duncan. If you flip their roles, does yeah. KG win five titles? And right. Probably not. Yeah. Like, probably not. I just think the temperament was so different. But uh-huh. Barry is so reserved and quiet and a hard worker. Mm-hmm. I think he would have worked anywhere he went. And yep. unfortunately, went to one of the worst places you can go. Right. And he's still revered as one of the best running backs of all time. Yep. So good. So Unreal. Good. All right. Okay. Well, speaking of KG and Tim Duncan, number oh, 21 boy. is up. Okay. And 21 was hard, but yes. uh, we have Roberto Clement, Tim Duncan, Warren's fan, Ladanium Tomlinson, Sammy, so- Sammy, Sosa, Sammy Sosa, Roger Clements, yep. and Deion Sanders. And I went with Timmy Duncan. Okay. Tim Duncan was the guy. It was not easy. I think Daniel Tomlinson should be invited mm, to the dinner yes. um, because of what he did yeah. to the record book when he played. Like he, he owned every title that you could have as a running back. Yeah. He just in completely and totally dominant in every way. Um, and unfortunately, I think uh, kind of pushed to the side because he reused the nickname, LT. I right. think Lawrence, Lawrence, Lawrence Taylor. Taylor. Right. So, um, if you haven't seen Ladanium Tomlinson play, he's it's worth watching a full game just to see him run. Weird side fact: I have more Ladanium Tomlinson cards, I think, <laughs> than any human being alive because he was one of my favorite players growing up, favorite running back. Yes, definitely. Um, but Tim Duncan, one of the greatest power forwards ever to play the game, um, just going about 
I, I admire the way he went about his business. He's a Hall of Famer, 15-time All-Star, 5-time NBA champ, 15-time All-NBA, 15-time All-Defense, All-Rookie. Wow. When he came out of Wake Forest, he was a superstar already. Like People yeah. wanted him and were clamoring to get him. Um, rookie of the Year, 3-time Finals MVP. He was the 2000 All-Star MVP, 2-time MVP of the league, wow. and a Top 75 Player of All Time voted by last year's group. He, in, to, wow. for many people, he's the greatest power forward ever. I think he deserves to be in that conversation handedly. Um, and just overall, I think he is the picture of the player you want to have on a championship team because no matter what you ask him to do, he's doing it in the name of winning. And players love to play with him. Guys fl- went down there at the end of their career to try to win titles because they believed in Tim and Duncan all the way till the end. I love that. Yep. And I think, correct me if I'm wrong, and I'm pretty sure this is still true, but he's the last number one pick that played four years in college. I believe so. I think that, and and he will probably always be the last one. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, he came out in 97, 98. So 97 was his first year and um, just a great player all around. Um, I love that he played with one team his whole career. Yeah. I always love seeing that. I Um, don't, I think he really did. He put San Antonio on the map. He really did. I mean, that team was going nowhere. And on top of that, Greg Popovich flourished because of him. Mm -hmm. Tony Parker, Manu Ginobili. There's some great players. Yeah, the Admiral, I mean, had one last shot at a championship, got one with him. Um, I just think Tim Duncan is the the temperament you want for a star player in a lot of ways, or at least one you gravitate to. and. Again, another player that I don't think there's anybody that's ever said once, God, I hate Tim Duncan. <laughs> yeah. People will look at you funny if right. you say you hate him. Right. But no. that 21, tough, tough, tough field. Deion Sanders, Sammy Sosa, Roger Clements. Mm. I mean, Roger insane. Roger Clements, yeah. But, oh, but we could go on on those guys, but let's go to number 22. <laughs> Who you got? Number 22. Um, not a lot of players, but I think kind of the obvious one is Emmett Smith, um, mm-hmm. running back from the Cowboys. He was, you know, obviously helped the Cowboys win all those NFL Super Bowls in the 90s. Um, yeah. Great player, um, top rusher overall, um, most number of yards. Um, and he's a good guy, you know. I think yeah. he, he – and not that that has anything to do with the numbers, but – Well, I um, think it matters because he's yeah. an ambassador for football. He like is. He, he still felt like his energy and what he means to the game is still matters all these years later. Yeah. Um, sure. And I, I do think that that matters when you're talking about just – what he means to the game and what that number means. People know 22. They know Emmett Smith because he's still around. He's still very relevant. Yep. Um, these stats I do want to show off because it's it's awesome. Wow. Hall of Famer, of course, eight-time Pro Bowl, four-time All-Pro, three-time Super Bowl champ, um, MVP of every single kind, including Super Bowl MVP, right. and every award a running back can win he's probably had. Yep. So just awesome player, awesome guy, and – He's top number 22. Yep, number 22. Yeah, I was going to just give a shout-out. Elgin Baylor meant a great deal to the yeah. NBA. I think that he deserves, if we're having a dinner of just 22s, he gets invited. <laughs> uh, Clyde Drexler, I actually put him in here. Yeah. Um, I don't think people would like him just in terms of what he means to the NBA, but he is on the Dream Team. Mm-hmm. He was the second-best shooting guard in the 90s, in my opinion, with okay. Jordan. Sure. Even though he got blown out by Jordan in the finals, right? But I also put him on here because of Fly Slamma Jamma. Oh right, um, yeah. 
one of the most famous basketball teams of all time, popularized the dunk uh, in college, and he's the best player on it because Hakeem does eventually get picked number one and becomes Hakeem. Right. But I think he was remembered as kind of the Houston guy. He right. came out of Houston, played for Houston, tried to win a title there, and eventually won one there as an NBA player. Uh, but if I slam a jamma, I think we should at least mention that was an amazing time. And then Jim Palmer, MLB. Yeah, um, for sure. But I get the easy task <laughs> of getting number 23. Number 23. Who are you going to pick? Well, uh, we'll take Kirk Gibson. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, Calvin Murphy's on this list. Kirk Gibson. LeBron James is on this list. Mm-hmm. But there's only one, there's only number one 23, 23, and it's yeah. wearing red. It is Michael Jordan. Yep. And I, I feel like we should just leave it there. Yeah, I mean, we could talk about him for an hour. So <laughs> I mean, go go listen to the uh, 1984 NBA redraft me and Greg did a couple weeks ago, yeah. I would say, and we talk about Michael for like 10 minutes uh, on why it's so important and what he means to the game and uh, just overall. So I think we should skip to the next number, which is absolutely mm. loaded with talent, yes. but I knew this one would probably break you. This did break me, yeah. I mean, how do you pick, right? Yeah. 24 has so many good players, so many good across all sports. Um, yeah. Moses Malone, Ken Griffey Jr. Yeah, um, Moses I mean, made a second appearance here. Yeah, Willie Mays. Willie I mean, Mays, yeah. Say hey, right? Um, yeah, I just, I think with 24, I, w- I was going back and forth between Willie Mays and Ken Griffey Jr., but mm. I Willie Mays was before my time, Um Ken Griffey Jr. was during my time, and I just remember seeing him, and he was so good. Um, just and his swing was just so nice to look at. Um, <laughs> just a great player overall. Yeah, um, he he was just ridiculous. Um, so I'm gonna go with Ken Griffey Jr. I love it. I, I really like this pick. I had Ken Griffey Jr. as well. I had Kobe number two. I gave him eight, so I didn't give Kobe okay. twenty four. I Got gave it. it to Ken Griffey. Um, but I like Ken Griffey Jr. here. I did not see much of him. I was young when he was playing. Yeah. However, I know who he is. I know yeah. that number. I know that jersey. I know the just everything about him um, when it comes to what he means to baseball. And I never saw him play. And I think that means oh. a great deal. And the idea of swagger, I think, started with Ken Griffey Jr. Yes. People wanted to be Ken Griffey oh, Jr. Yeah. Um, to give people a full list of some of the names we were talking about, we do have Willie Mays, Kobe Bryant. I threw Jeff Gordon on here. Jeff yeah. Gordon was a 24, even though it was NASCAR. Um, I didn't put too many NASCAR guys on here because there's a ton of names that I think, even though they're great names in NASCAR, they're not familiar enough uh, to be compared. Uh, Moses Malone made it on here as well again. Mm-hmm. Lenny Moore. And then Rick Barry, sure. which I'm... I'm he, so many good conversations about Rick Barry... But um, Malcolm Gladwell, I think, had the best line about him is that he would have been a phenomenal entrepreneurial spirit Mm. because he might have picked the wrong career as a basketball player. He was so disagreeable and he was so hard to get along with because he wanted everything to be perfect (laughs) and he would just be nasty to you (laughs) and just overall just kind of an ass. (laughs) But the reason was he wanted to win. He wanted to do it right. Sure. And he was so nitpicky, it was hard to play with. And coincidentally, my grandpa, one of his best friends, played with him. And some of the, I can't tell too many of the stories of some of the things that were said. Right. But just really very hard to work with. Um, Also, one of the craziest careers you ever knew, he took a year off because he 
went from the NBA to the ABA, and he had to take a year off, so he became a color commentary guy. Oh, I didn't and know the that. reason he went to ABA is to play for his father-in-law. Okay. And then he took like another year off to come back to the NBA. He's one of these players that you look at his year. Like, yeah, so yeah. 66, 67, he plays. And then 67 to 68 did not play because he was playing in the ABA, but he had to take time off. Okay. So he was a color commentator, played for Oakland. So he went from San Francisco to the Oakland team. Oh. Okay. And then got traded around quite a bit. Wow. Goes back to Golden State and then finishes up in Houston. Also, one of the biggest mess-ups in history is instead of taking a full contract, I'm trying to remember what it was. It was like a full a full contract, and he would get rights to try color commentary for Golden State. Instead, they offered him like 2% of Warriors ownership. Wow. So he could have been an NBA owner, and he turned that down as well. Oh my so very storied career of Rick Barry. Um I don't think he deserves number 24. I'm not going that way. I just think there's so many cool podcasts. He's a really interesting character. Sure. Um, definitely worth your time if you're interested in sports history. All right. Okay. I will round up this very nerd-centric podcast <laughs> um, with number 25. There's a ton of good names here. Yes. But there's only two that I really looked at pretty hard. Um Sorry, Casey Jones. I love you. You're in the Hall of Fame as a coach and a player. You're great. But Mark McGuire, Barry Barn, or Barry Bonds are the two players that I like. Mark McGuire, um, just pulling up his stat sheet here, Rookie of the Year, Home Run Derby, champ, 12-time All-Star, won a World Series in 89, Golden Glove, three-time Silver Slugger. And then if we compare him to Barry Bonds, I mean, seven-time MVP. Wow. So that's eventually what wins it for me is yeah. Barry Bonds is a seven-time MVP, 14-time All-Star, home run derby champ, eight-time Golden Glove, 12-time Silver Slugger, two-time batting title. I mean, yeah. everything, he's like, Mark McGuire, everything you can do, I can do better. <laughs> Pretty like, much, yeah. Barry Bonds, to me, <laughs> is one of the most storied players in MLB history, yeah. um, most controversial uh, but I think that controversy covers up for a career that's just amazing. Well, that's the thing people have to remember too is that um, obviously he's you know sort of the poster child of the steroid era, yeah. right? Yeah. So people are always gonna look at him in a negative light. But keep in mind that before he you know started taking steroids, <laughs> um, he was a really good player. I mean, he yeah. has eight Golden Gloves. I mean, he was a great defensive outfielder yeah. um, and he was a great hitter um, great athlete just, overall yeah. just all around a really good player um and you know obviously the steroids you know tainted that of course but um i agree with you i think number 25 barry bonds um he's a he's a you know he's not in the hall of fame he probably will never be in the hall of fame i don't think but um but i think you got to go with barry bonds um he was he definitely captured everyone's interest during the steroid era. Yeah. Um, well, just so. to have a character and a star like that. Right. I mean, he was kind of their Shohei Otani, where he just marveled you yeah. in every way. I remember watching not only him, but even before then, when there was the Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa home run yes. chase. Yes. Yes. Um, you would be. And this was long before Netflix and all the streaming <laughs> services. But when you'd be watching TV, they would cut away for when McGuire would come up to bat. Wow. Or Sosa would come up to bat. They would cut away from whatever program you're watching and show their at-bats because it was that 
I mean, every day it was like, oh, now McGuire's ahead. Nope, now Sosa's ahead. <laughs> it was so fun. Um, but Barry Bonds was a lot like that too, where you were just like, how many home runs is the guy going to hit tonight? It was crazy. Wow. Well, so. speaking of crazy, <laughs> we went longer than I thought we would. Okay. But that's a good thing. Yeah. We, we had a lot of fun. I, I know I did. I hope you did as well. Definitely. I hope you guys listening uh, learned some new stuff about some of the sports history and some of the infamous numbers and people related to them. Again, if you want to check out our website, you can actually redraft this draft yourself and show us some of your results because there's a ton of great players out there. Yeah. We'd love to hear what you have to say because um, we went off the board. Sometimes we went on the board. It was just kind of fun to, to talk about players that we think of when we think of certain, certain numbers, numbers themselves. Yep. Um, but do you have any parting thoughts before we head out, Greg? No, I'm just looking forward to doing the next set of 25. Oh, my Lord. Yeah, <laughs> better prepare. Awesome. Well, thank you guys for listening. If you want to get in contact with the show or listen to past podcasts, view our website at thatsadumrule.com. Otherwise, tune in next time for another dumb rule. 